This is the Talk of Fame Network, featuring Hall of Fame voters Ron Borges from the Boston Herald, Rick Gosselin of the Dallas Morning News, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. And now, let the debates begin. Who is a Hall of Famer? Will they be enshrined in Canton? Do they have the numbers to get in? Let the experts who make the decision tell you who will be signing their name with HOF next to it. And now, it's the Talk of Fame Network. Welcome to our first post-Hall of Fame selection show. For weeks, we've been telling you who is going to be in the Hall of Fame, and you know what? Now they're in. I'm Clark, along with Rick and Ron, your Hall of Fame voters, and we're back from a long weekend that started with eight new members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Goose, script played out, I think, pretty much as we projected for weeks and maybe months. So how do you like this class? I think it's another great class, you know, but when you're given a slate of candidates like we were given, it's hard not to pick a great class. There were 15 players on the ballot, and 13 of them were all-decade selections. All six of the players in the class were all-decade selections. So we told seven all-decade picks. It's not your time that. And we continued our cleanup. We put Stabler, Stanfield, and Kevin Green in. So I was, I was proud of the process and proud of the class. Before we go further, you guys are on the line here. Before we go further, I want to mention that um, both Rick and Ron were prominent players in this year's choices because Rick, for instance, presented senior candidate Dick Stanfield, a guard who was chosen on his third try as a senior candidate, and, and someone really, no one, I think, would, maybe except for Vito Stellino had seen in that room. But um, yeah. Rick, that, that was a tough, that was a tough pr- presentation. Especially with no stats. You know, they hadn't seen him, plus he's got no stats. Yeah, and, and, and Ron here, <laughs> the patron of lost causes as he built himself two weekends ago, he presented Ken Stabler, who fell three times short as a modern era finalist. You know what? Got him in, Ronnie. Yeah, I was, I was pretty nervous about it, to be honest, because I know there were some no votes in there going into it. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people were concerned about more interceptions than, than touchdowns, which I think reflects perhaps not as clear understanding of what the uh, 70s were all about and, and how different the game was than it is today, as I said in the room. And those as you threw lengthwise, not sideways, uh, and that changes things quite a bit. Uh, but I think Stable finally got what he deserved. You know, it's just kind of sad that he passed away nine months ago and is going to miss the party because it would have been a hell of a party if, uh, if, if, he, if he was <laughs> in San Francisco. Uh, you know, I, I, as you guys know, one of the things I try to make clear was he was the most accurate passer of his time and one of the greatest winners of his time. He was 20-10 and 10 against Hall of Fame quarterbacks and won 60% of his games and quarterbacked all three of his teams to the best records in their history by the time he retired. I don't know how you do much more than that. Yeah, in, uh, in my case, uh, I think Stample's explosion really puzzled me. He, he was the only first-team all-decade offensive lineman from the 50s not enshrined in Canton. He never even made it into the room during his modern era eligibility, and we, we brought him out as a senior candidate three times. You know, each time he was voted down by voters who, by and large, like Ron said, had never seen him play. The guy played only seven seasons, was voted first team All-Pro all, all pro in five of them. He was voted the MVP of a championship team in 1953. Okay, that's okay if you play guard in basketball, but not football. It never happens. Yeah, you know, this is the first time the senior case brought back a guy three times. You know, the voters finally trusted the work of the committee trusted our opinions, and I think the Stanfield family had waited long enough, 53 years. It was, it was a moment long overdue. Goose, I'll be honest with you. I think the mention of that 1953 championship game or championship team, the fact that he was voted as the MVP by a team that included seven Hall of Famers, I think yeah. that really resonated with the room. I would hope so. It's about time he got in. Yeah, well, nice job. We'll be talking more on this subject, of course, uh, with Hall of Fame safety Ronnie Lott. Ronnie played 
for Eddie DeBartolo, who's a member, and now we can say it, Hall of Fame head coach Tony Dungy, as well as one of Saturday's most popular presenters. No, maybe the landslide winner, Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. And we'll tell you why. Green Bay should be proud of him because he pushed slam dunk Brett Favre, and he didn't have to push him too far. But let's get back to this class. Um, I'm happy for a guy like linebacker Kevin Green. We've had him on the show numerous times. We had him on last week. We had him on about a month ago. We had him on last year. But as people in that room said, and I really believe this, it was his time, and I think the board recognized it. I mean, it goes 160 sacks, 10 double-digit seasons, uh, 12 and a half sacks in his last year, the age of 37. Um, Kevin Green waited 12 long years, and you know what? He finally got his wish. Yeah, I think the fact that Kevin played for five different teams and never won a championship worked against him. But 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 this is the era of free agency. People's p- Players move around now. This isn't the 50s or 60s where a guy would stay with a team for 10 or 12 years and then retire. You know, Kevin was a deserving candidate based on what he did after the age of 30. He had 97 sacks after 30. I mean, it's, it's, like you said, it's 160 sacks for third all-time behind Bruce Smith and Reggie White, two first ballot guys. Just, it puzzles me why Green had to wait so long. But when you're finally voted in, it doesn't matter if you wait 2, 12, 27, or in Dick Stanfield's case, 53 years. You're a Hall of Famer, and no one can ever take it away from you. Yeah, and, and I think that people had to come to understand that he was more than a pass rusher. He was a strong side uh, linebacker who played the run and dropped into coverage, played every down, and could also play some defensive end. So I, I actually personally think that the voters handled this candidacy just about perfectly. I mean, yeah. nobody likes to wait, but he had to wait a little, but only to make room for other guys uh, who had waited longer, like Charles Haley. I mean, and now it was his, it was his time. It was his year, and, and uh, I think they did it about right. Well, Marvin Harrison didn't have to wait long, guys, but we all had him ticketed for Kent, nevertheless, uh, even though some outsiders thought, Terrell Owens? Yes, Ron's T.O. He's open. the queue. He's he open didn't. right now in Chinatown. He did not. Yeah, that's because people don't understand the process. Like I said, we had 13 all-decade players on our slate of finals. Any combination of five would have constituted a, a quality and a great class. But if two receivers are both Hall of Fame caliber, it makes sense that you choose the one who's been in the room longer. You know, the rush to induct first ballot candidates is how the process got so screwed up in the first place. Good candidates, quality candidates, deserving candidates start sliding through the cracks when you're rushing all these in for the first time. You know, that's how we wind up with 82 all-decade players in senior pool who have never even been finalists. You know, it was Marvin Harrison's time. Maybe it'll be T.O.'s time next year or the next, but the selection committee made the right call this time. Ron, you surprised T.O. didn't make the cut to 10? A little bit. You know, but the, the debate was spirited between you and I, and it was spirited in the room as well. Uh, and I think the concerns that people have about his effect on teams off the field, you know, in the locker room and so forth, uh, and the team's willing to let him go at the height of his career are legitimate concerns to debate. Uh, eventually, I think he deserves to get in, and he should get in. And I was a little surprised he didn't make it to 10, uh, but I think it's a reflection of how serious a lot of the voters take those uh, sort of locker room. Right, uh, right. And the fact that, you know, you couldn't find a quarterback you ever played with or willing to speak for him except Steve Young because he used to call him Mr. Young. Everybody else had called other names, and they, they didn't like it. <laughs> That's right. Well, let's move on to Orlando Pace because uh, we had him on the short list, too. But there was some thought, I think, late in the week that he might get some competition from Joe Jacoby, former Hawk from Washington. And Joe was the first-time finalist. 
And Joe, when he made it to the final 10, I thought, uh-oh, we may have a battle here. But it really didn't happen, Goose. Well, it did happen. He, this is the first time he's been in the room in 18 years. He made the cut to 10. I mean, that is quite a feat, you know, for a guy with no stats. You know, he outlasted Alan Fanica, Edger and James, T.O. You know, I, I think he's showing bold's well for his future candidacy. But all the voters had seen Pace play. A percentage of them never saw Jacoby play. And I think that weighs in the vote. You're always more comfortable voting for someone you've seen. In this case, that was Pace. Well, the fifth choice we project is the wild card. And we had today's guest, Tony Dungy, as the front runner. As it turns out, he was the guy who was elected. There was, or there has been some criticism of it, especially in light of Tony winning just one Super Bowl. I don't get it. Um, but, um, you know, that's the way it goes. There's a reason, Goose, that Tony goes to the head of the class. Yeah, I never did understand the resistance. Head coaches get paid to win games and championships. Dungy ranks sixth all-time in winning percentage behind five Hall of Famers just ahead of Bill Belichick. His 10.7 victories per season are an NFL record. His 10 consecutive playoff teams is another record. His six consecutive 12 in seasons, another record. And he won a Super Bowl. He's also the first African-American coach to win a Super Bowl, so he had historical impact on his resume. I just didn't see the hold up in his candidacy. Okay, guys, biggest surprise from this weekend. Goose? T.O. not make cut to 10. Ronnie? More than Anderson could be an out so quickly. I, I thought he'd at least make it to 10. I think that's sad. How, how about Don Coriel make it to the final 10? That was a shocker yeah. to me. I mean, shocker. I'm glad it happened, yeah, but it was a shocker to me. was a shocker. Yeah. Uh, how about your biggest disappointment, Gooseman? Oh, Morton Anderson, clearly. All games, all-time leading scorer. I, I said there were 13 all-decade players. He's the only two-time all-decade player, and he can't get a sniff in this room. He's also a Spartan, Ron. Spartacus! <laughs> That's his biggest of disappointment. That does nothing to do with it, of course. Hey, got, of course I got, not. Quick, I got a little trivia question for you. Who caught Peyton Manning's last pass of his career? God, he had to be from Michigan uh, State. A Spartan. A Spartan. Oh. And Ron, your biggest Spartan, disappointment. Spartan. Quick run. Was he from San Jose State guy? <laughs> <laughs> Who's your biggest disappointment? Uh, Anderson, I think a place kicker has a place in the game, but apparently not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. For me, it's Crazy. my former colleague and longtime friend, Nick Canepa, the San Diego Union Tribune. He said it's going to be his last Super Bowl and Hall of Fame board meeting. I'm sorry, it's because I'm going to miss him. What we're not going to miss, however, is our next break. Up next, Hall of Fame voter Pete Doherty on Brett Favre's selection. You're listening to the Talk Fame Network. The Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software that will clean out what may be slowing it down. That's MyCleanPC.com. We're also brought to you by Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Nice. It's easy to say, huh? With Grasshopper, you can turn your mobile phone into a business phone by getting a local or toll-free number or just bringing your own. If you want to see how it works, Ron... Go to grasshopper.com. I think I will. Hey, you woke up today. Big win. Time for a reward. Right now at Burger King, get two hot and flaky sandwich breakfast sandwiches for just $4. That's two croissants for just $4 at Burger King. Piled high with crispy bacon, fluffy egg, and melted cheese. And they're two for $4. That's a breakfast deal so good, you may just become a morning person. Get the two for $4 croissant deal today. Only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. QL1, this is Control. Does Rocket Mortgage require me to come in and speak with someone? Negative Control. With Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, you can go through the entire mortgage process on your own and completely online. Copy that, QL1. But if I wanted to speak to someone, do you think they're out there? They're out there, all right. Their award-winning client service is beyond anything I've ever experienced. 
Remember when a small business needed a landline? Today, landlines are a thing of the past with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. On the road, at the beach, or at home, Grasshopper helps you grow your business. Get all the features of a business phone system and the freedom of a cell phone with our iPhone and Android apps. Features include multiple extensions for your team, calls forwarded to your mobile phones, voicemails transcribed and emailed, and so much more. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Motel 6 has the message our nation is seeking. Motel 6 is a great choice for travelers. With the highest standards. A clean, comfortable room with everything you need and nothing you don't. Fiscally responsible. Lowest price of any national chain. Dedicated. We'll leave the light on for you. Motel 6. Right on travel. Right for America. I'm Tom Bodette, and, um, yeah, I approve this message. Book online at motel6.com. Would you like a cleaning product that can be used in the garage, the laundry, and the kitchen, and save space in your cabinet? Hi, I'm Bruce Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green. Concentrated all-purpose Simple Green is the answer for versatile cleaning throughout your home and garage. I'm so certain you'll love Simple Green. If you're not 100% satisfied, I'll give you your money back. To learn more, visit us at simplegreen.com. Simple Green, Simple Green. War, poverty, and disaster have left millions of children around the world orphaned, abandoned, alone. When their parents can't be there, SOS Children's Villages is there. SOS Children's Villages is the world's largest nonprofit for orphaned and abandoned children. In 134 countries, including the U.S., SOS Children's Villages provides vulnerable children with a loving and stable family, medical care, and an education. To make a difference in the life of a child, go to sos-usa.org. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Gosselin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. We can't coach with him, but you can play and win with MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes. What kind of diagnosis? Free diagnosis. Within minutes, you can download software that will clean out what may be slowing it down. That's MyCleanPC.com. Talk of Fame is also brought to you by Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. With Grasshopper, you can turn your mobile phone into a business phone by getting a local or toll-free number or just bringing your own. If you want to see how it works, go to grasshopper.com. As you know, Von Miller was the MVP of Super Bowl 50, and Cam Newton was the MVP of the season. But if there were a vote on an MVP for the Hall of Fame voting on Saturday last weekend, there wasn't, of course, it would be a slam dunk. It would be Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press Gazette. He would be a landslide winner for what he did, Ron, with the presentation of Brett Favre. The single greatest did, presentation I've ever been a part of. Absolutely. What he did was nothing. And that's not a knock. It was absolutely the right touch with Pete introducing Favre, sitting down and getting an ovation from the other 45 selectors. We've got Pete on the line. And Pete, thank you so much for not wasting everyone's time. Yeah, it was the first time I've been uh, cheered in a long time, so uh, I left there. Pete, question for you. Um, did you actually yeah. have a speech drawn out? And if you did, 
at what point did you decide that, eh, maybe it's not a good idea to use it. I'll just junk it. You know, I did. And uh, I gave it a couple of dry runs. It was, you know, a minute 15, minute and a half, give or take. And uh, when we first got there, I was planning on doing it. And then, um, you know, fire ended up being, I don't know, he was around 11 o'clock or noon, somewhere in there. So we was, you know, two thirds of the way through or a little more than halfway. So, you know, a few people made passing references. Hey, this, you know, this guy isn't Brett Farr, but hey, he deserves serious consideration. I started thinking, hmm. And then um, uh, Jason Cole, I, he was talking about two other guys, but, you know, he talked about being at the Senior Bowl and interviewing 199 coaches and scouts. And he just kind of, as an aside, says, now all, all 199 voted for Favre, and then 73 voted for this guy and 46 for this guy. And he said that, and I'm like, well, I mean, come on, you know. So when it came up, I just said, you know, I've got this presentation, but, you know, why don't we just skip it and go with what Jason said? And <laughs> that's when the crowd the crowd roared after that. Yeah. <laughs> Give you a little bit of this. Hey, hey, right hey, now. Hey, 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 nicely done. Hey, thanks, Pete. Nice job. Pete, didn't he say that Terrell Owens had the second most votes? Did, did it ever cross your mind, what if Brett doesn't get in? How am I going to explain this one? <laughs> You know, it, it kind of briefly did, and I thought, you know, if he doesn't get in, I'll have to resign, <laughs> and that's the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> What's the top thing that you believe made Favre such an overwhelming favorite to make the Hall? And obviously, he had numbers and stuff like that, but it wasn't like he won five championships. What do you think was the the, the one thing everybody thought of when they thought of Brett Favre? You know, it's uh, when I asked, because um, I also had what I wasn't going to use, but I had quotes from, you know, Holmgren and Mariucci and Wolf and, um, you know, a couple other people in the in the league. And everybody, the first thing that they talked about was the, the consecutive game streak. And the big thing there is if it's a quarterback who's starting that many games, I mean, you can't win without a good quarterback. So if you're not good enough, you know, they're pulling you. So that not only means that you are – just ridiculously durable, but also that you were really good, that your team actually wanted you out there. Um, so that, I'm guessing that's what, uh, you know, that that's probably what stood out for, for most of the voters. I, you guys, um, I'm not sure what each of you guys thought, but I'm guessing that was the big thing. We're talking with Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, the Hall of Fame voter who presented Brett Favre to the Hall of Fame's Board of Selectors. And Pete, simple question for you. What kind of turnout do you expect for Brett and Canton? Uh, huge, you know how these Packers fans travel. Um, I bet it'll be comparable to the Steelers fans with uh, Bettis last year. I don't know if uh, uh, you guys were out the, at the uh, actual Hall of Fame but that weekend. Um, I was there because Wolf got put in, and um, there was a ton of Steelers fans. It'll be that way, the Packers fans. They just uh, they flock from all over. They build their vacations around you know, Packers training camp and things like that. So it'll be, uh, they'll get a huge turnout. Uh, Joe Horgan told me that Favre will be going last, which is no surprise because they don't want everybody getting up and leaving after he goes. So, <laughs> good uh, good idea. Good planning so, by the hall. Us, there you go. Those of us working on deadline won't be digging that, but, um, you know, that's the way it'll be. Peter, I remember a, game, a playoff game in St. Louis when Brett Favre threw the six interceptions and him sitting up mm -hmm. there for 20, 25 minutes answering every question and keeping his cool throat. And I look back at what how Cam Newton handled it the other day, and I think that's what struck me about Brett Favre. Win, lose, or draw, he was a class act. Yeah, oh, oh no, no question. He always, he always faced the music. He never ducked out. Um, he just had a, uh, a good instinctive way about him. The, one, the thing I remember, the kind of the press thing I remember most, is uh, they tried to sign Andre Risen, uh, I think in 95, I think it was. Wolf tried to sign him, and he ended up going to Cleveland instead. And somebody in that offseason, it wasn't here, it was, you know, down in Mississippi or wherever he was, asked him, you know, what he thought of that. And he said, you know, we 
we don't need Ryzen. We're, we got we have Robert Brooks. We'll be we have good receivers. We'll be we'll be fine. And Ryzen heard about it and said, "Well, who cares what that hillbilly thinks or something like that?" So <laughs> somebody went back to Favre. Somebody goes back to Favre and asks him what he thought. And you know, this could have turned into a you know kind of a contentious thing or whatever. And Favre goes, "Ah, he's right. I am a hillbilly." And <laughs> you know, in his heart of hearts, he was he was probably not you know he's he probably had strong feelings about Ryzen, but it was such a smart thing. And a good, just off-the-cuff thing to say, it just diffused everything. And that was kind of the way he was all the time. He sort of had that, um, I don't know, that that Larry Bird, um, you know, kind of Huck Finn, you know, kind of playing the, the dumb guy, the, the dumb hick. But actually, there was a lot more uh, going on up there. With all the controversy at the at the moment of his leaving Green Bay, and it seemed like for a little while there, the uh, you know, the triangle of love was broken. Uh, if you walk through Green Bay today and you, and you stopped Packer fans and you said, Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers, who do you think they'd pick? Oh, good question. I would say over 50% would would go Rodgers, but um, it really swung higher. You know, when he went to the Jets, uh, you know, people were more upset at the Packers than they were at him. It was when he went to the Vikings that really turned people against him. Now things have really swung back the other way, and when he sold out Lambeau with no game last summer just to celebrate his number being retired, um, you know, and they they were put him in the Packer Hall of Fame in July, and they filled Lambeau, and they the thing sold out in a couple hours, I think, and uh, you know that that showed that things have changed a lot. But there's still a you know percentage. I don't know. I'm just like a wild guess would be 10 or 15 percent of Packers fans who are still really mad at him and are never going to let it go. I mean, I've got you know family in Wisconsin. I've got some some people in my family who feel that way. So, um, but it's that percentage is gone from being a you know maybe a majority to a to a pretty small minority i think they'd still take rogers over Favre at this point because it's the here and now well, we've got about a minute left but i want to ask you one other question on that subject take it a step further brett Favre or bart star uh for popularity or who's the better player? for popularity yeah if you if we were to poll people in green bay who would they who would they want uh bart star i'm sure so did Favre he's when he was not, on the show with us he picked him too yeah far <laughs> <did pick him. laughs> They, they would. They would. He was just, he's so beloved here for uh, just the dignity he carried himself with and, you know, being the leader of those Lombardi teams. He really, he was, he was not a great player. He was certainly not a very talented player, but uh, he was a great leader and uh, just the perfect spokesman for that, those 60s teams uh, for Lombardi. Hey, Pete, we got about 20 seconds here. Uh, you started working on that Jerry Kramer presentation yet? <laughs> People keep asking me if he's going to get through the uh, uh, seniors committee. I don't know what to tell him. What do you guys think? Does he I belong? Does he belong? I think so. It's a really tough call, and there's a lot of guys from the '60s, so it's yeah. you know this is a really tough case. But I, I'm I'm inclined to think he probably does. Yeah. Thanks, Pete, and we'll see you in Canton okay, if we guys. don't see you at the combine first. You're our hero. All right. <laughs> Thanks. That was Pete. Hall of Fame voter Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press Gazette. When we return, we'll be talking to Tony Dungy. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC.com. If your computer runs slowly, and whose computer doesn't, just go to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software to cure what may be ailing your PC. That's MyCleanPC.com. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's Wix.com. 
This is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank hearing pitches from small businesses. Now there is a new way for small businesses to get a loan in minutes. It's called Cabbage. That's Cabbage with a K. Just fill out the application online. You'll get an instant decision and could have access to a line of credit of up to $100,000. No waiting, no hassle. Cabbage is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and is a Forbes Top 100 company. Go to Cabbage.com, that's Cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E, or call 888-CABBAGE. Hi, you've reached Burger King. To leave a message, press 1. Hey, uh, Burger King, listen, I'm a bit of an idea guy, uh, like croutons, I thought of that. I got a great idea to make your burgers better. Two words, buttery, sauce, because that makes everything taste better. You with me? Sounds good. It's almost as good as the new extra-long buttery cheeseburger from Burger King. Two beef patties topped with veggies and a rich buttery sauce on a toasted bun. Now just two for $5. Or mix and match with the extra-long fish sandwich part of the two for $5 deal. The new extra-long buttery cheeseburger, only at Burger King. Limited time only, price and participation vary. Basketball fans, get your locks on at Luxor Las Vegas. Make a fast break for shows including Fantasy, the Strip's sexiest adult review, Chris Angel Believe from Cirque du Soleil and Carrot Top, or Slam Dunk Rockin' Mexican flavors from TNT Tacos and Tequila, or Comfort Food and Cocktails at Public House. Save your biggest plays for LAX Nightclub featuring the hottest dance music from resident DJs and live entertainment in a high-energy atmosphere. When the buzzer sounds, recover in our comfortable rooms and suites. Get your locks on at Luxor.com. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Our next guest is a longtime friend of the show and of ours and of just about everyone who knows him. And now he's a friend of the Hall of Fame, too. Ladies and gentlemen, he's no longer former head coach Tony Dungy, Super Bowl winner and coach for the NFL's sixth best winning percentage. Nope, now he's Hall of Fame coach, Tony Dungy, member of the class of 2016. And, Tony, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? It does, and it's so hard to process. But, uh, man, it's an awesome, awesome honor. And to, to be with the other seven guys going in, it's a special feeling and one I'll never, ever forget. Tony, they say that uh, when you go in, you develop a camaraderie with your class, the guys in it. Did you see that developing last weekend? Absolutely. It already has. Marvin Harrison already named Kevin Green the captain of our, our class. <laughs> but it is, and the wives are all bonded. And, you know, for me, it's just weird because every guy, there was some kind of tie-in. And I played a year for Eddie DeBarlow. I played 21 games against Brett Favre. Uh, Marvin and I going in together. Kevin Green, you know, played against him so often. Orlando Pace, we played in that NFC Championship game in 99, and I, I remember being introduced to him um, at Terry Glenn's Pro Day. And the sure. coach at Ohio State said, this is the best player we've got. He's going to be one of the best players ever to come out of Ohio State. And just on and on and on. Uh, Dick Stanfield, you know, me being a, a Lions guy growing up, and then he coached all those years uh, uh, and getting to coach against him. So, it was just uh, something. Ken Stabler's grandson, you know, I was able to tell them about 1977, my rookie year, and playing against Ken Stabler. It just, uh, it was incredible. Uh, incredible to tie in, and you do. You feel like, we feel like a family already. I know, uh, so I'm sure that a lot of things go through a guy's mind when this moment finally comes, and they knock on the door and tell you that you're in the hall, Tony, but who was the first person you thought of? What was the first thing that came to mind when, once you realized you were in? I thought of my dad who told me when I was very young, don't let other people define what you want to do. Do, do what 
is in your mind and your dreams. And so I thought of him, and it would have been special to have him and my mom there. Uh, but then I thought of Coach Noel right away. And, and Coach Noel hired me as a 25-year-old with no coaching experience and, and you know, guiding me through uh, for, for eight years, showing me how to do things. That, that's who my mind raised back to, all the lessons I learned from him. Would you be here without him, Tony? Absolutely would not. Um, you know, took a chance on me as a, a player, but then uh, as, as a coach as well, and, and just you know, put me in charge of a secondary um, with Mel Blunt and J.T. Thomas and Donnie Shell and guys who taught me how to play, and then that was a, a risk. And then three years later, made me the defensive coordinator when I was 28, and, and you know, didn't go outside and, and get someone else. So he he got me started. But more than anything, um, I think he taught me that you could have a life away from the game. He talked about that all the time, and he lived it. You know, we prepared and worked as hard as anybody, but we didn't sleep in the office. We didn't, uh, you know, we didn't do crazy stuff like that. And he wasn't a guy that embarrassed people or yelled at people or tried to make the point that he was the head coach. He always talked about teaching and encouraging your guys and helping your players. So everything I learned, not not just on the field and the X's and O's and you can talk about cover two and you know, I learned all that from him. But more than that, how to coach and how to help people be the best they could be, uh, couldn't have had a better teacher. Tony, it took you three three years to get in. How frustrating is it that you spent a lifetime having an impact on making decisions and putting yourself in a position of all but for three years, you can do nothing. The record doesn't change. There's nothing you can say or do that can help your case. How frustrating was that three-year wait? Well, it, it wasn't frustrating, but it was funny to me because Ira Kaufman, as you know, was my presenter, and he's interviewing me every year, and I'm saying, Ira, I haven't done anything in the last – I don't know what I can tell you to help sell this. Uh, and he was getting more frustrated than I was. But He did a good job. I'll tell you that. He made a great presentation. Saying, I looked around at the reception, and who would I not vote for? And that's when I didn't think it was going to happen. You know, Morton Anderson, he's not getting a lot of play. But, but gosh, he's the leading scorer in the history of the league. And Ezra and James played for me. And, you know, four 1,500-yard seasons, and he could catch the ball and block and do everything. And, and so you look at all these guys and say, I, I don't know who they're going to eliminate. So it just uh, it, it's still hard to believe. You know, Tony, many coaches <clears throat> tell me that they remember the losses far more longer and more deeply than the victories. You've had plenty of, of, of both as with any coach. Uh, did this moment deaden any of the disappointment of some of those uh, losses, especially playoff losses, or do, or do they sort of still burn there kind of in the bottom of your stomach? You know, I always look at losses as, as disappointments, but as times to grow. And, uh, you know, that's why I was kind of a little disappointed at Cam Newton, uh, you know, the other day that, you know, yeah, sure, you're disappointed, but you got to say, hey, you know, we're, we're going to learn from this. We're going to grow. We're going to come back better next year. So um, I always, you know, I, I never let the disappointments eat at you. And, and I do think we could have won a couple of more Super Bowls. Our 2005 team, that, that was the best team I, I've ever been around, I think, and, and we didn't win it. But it gave us fuel for 2006 and uh, kept us going. So that's the way you look at it. And then when a moment like this comes, when, when now people are talking about you in the category of Chuck Noll and Bill Walsh and 
you know, Tom Landry and Joe Gibbs of guys who I just looked at as the icons to be in the same room. Um, it's just incredible. We're with Tony Dungy, member of the Hall of Fame's class of 2016. And Tony, as you mentioned, you're going in with one of your former players, Marvin Harrison. And you mentioned you also played uh, for Eddie DeBartolo, who's going in. And you are going in on a weekend, or you were elected on a weekend, when another of your former players, that's Peyton Manning, won his second Super Bowl. Does it get any better than this? It could not have been more perfect. That was my, my first question. David Baker comes to the door, the president of the Hall of Fame, and he says, you're in. And I was like, oh, my, my goodness, I can't believe it. My wife's screaming. My nine-year-old son, Justin's crying. And, you know, and so then I said, well, I don't know if you can tell me who else is in. And he said, yeah, I can tell you Marvin's in. And it just, uh, man, it was it was great. And he and I are on the sideline waiting to be introduced. And, and so we're watching the warm-ups and watching Pete Manning and what might be his last game warming up. And it was just, uh, it was such an emotional feeling. And then for, for him to, to go out as a winner, it couldn't have been a better weekend. Tony, you, you told me that you heard from your Little League coach. Are you surprised yes. at the people that have called? And who's called? And, and who, who's been the biggest surprise of the calls? Everybody. I mean, from way back to my first coach when I was probably seven years old and eight years old going into Little League Baseball. And, um, you know, my high school coaches have, have texted and, um, you know, tried to get in touch with me. And, and uh, of course, all my Steeler buddies and ex-teammates uh, and um, it's just it's just been incredible, and, and um, that was probably the most touching moment. You know, we're on the, on the stage, lined up, and then all of the Hall of Famers come up that are in the audience and congratulate you. And to see you know Franco Harris and Lynn Swan, you know, come up and just say congratulations, man, you're with us. It it, it still doesn't even feel right. Did you, Tony, think at all about? You know, so many people, the three of us included, told you many times, you know, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of what, what year it happens. Do you ever allow yourself to think, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's going to happen, maybe not this year, maybe not next year? But, or, did, or did you always think it was just a sort of thing in the distance that you know, does, happens to other people but not to me? You, you're never quite sure it's going to happen. And everybody would tell you, oh, you, when you make the final 15, you're so close and you just have to be patient. And I talked to Andre Reed a, a little bit on uh, Thursday night as well. And he was saying, oh, I think this is going to be your year. You know, I had to wait, but it's, it's worth it. And it's going to be worth it for you. And, and that's when you start getting nervous because at, for you do think, well, it's not going to happen. And then when guys start to say, I, I think this might be your year, um, that, that, that's when it gets a little nerve-wracking. But <laughs> I always looked at it that if it did happen, it was just going to be such icing on the cake. And I thought I'd be kind of low-key about it, but, but there's no way you can be low-key when it happens. Tony, thanks for the time, thanks for the friendship, and congratulations on reaching Camp. Oh, thank, thank you. It's just an awesome feeling. I can't tell you what a great feeling it is. We'll be out there to see you. Yeah, we'll see you. All right. <laughs> we'll see you in August. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Tony. I appreciate it, guys. Yep, thank you. That was Hall of Fame coach Tony Dungy. Up next, we'll take a look at the Hall's class of 2017. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. As an entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Make and receive business calls using our iPhone and Android apps. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Forward your calls to any phone and even get your voicemails transcribed. Join over 250,000 small businesses who still Stay connected with Grasshopper. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Control. 
negative. Over. Do you like rockets? Affirmative. Over. Do you like rocket mortgages? I'm listening. Over. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans is the first on-demand mortgage machine that turns the entire mortgage process into a fast, powerful, completely online experience. Copy that, QL1. I'm going to go ahead and push this button in. Three, two, one. Rocket Mortgage at QuickenLoans.com. Push button. Get mortgage. Rocket. Equal housing letter. License in all 50 states. NMLS Consumer Access. Number 3030. Hi, Tom Bodette trying to understand this whole dating app thing. You're supposed to swipe right for the profiles you're into and left for the ones you're not. So if I'm attracted to a clean, comfortable room for the lowest price of any national chain at Motel 6, I'd swipe right, right? Or was it left? Wait, I just sent myself a picture of myself. 6-3? Yeah, right. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Hey, you woke up today. Big win. Time for a reward. Right now at Burger King, get two hot and flaky croissant breakfast sandwiches for just $4. That's two croissant for just $4 at Burger King. Piled high with crispy bacon, fluffy egg, and melted cheese. And they're two for $4. That's a breakfast deal so good, you may just become a morning person. Get the two for $4 croissant deal today, only at Burger King. Limited time only, price and participation vary. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Gosling, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Well, we're brought to you by Grasshopper, and you know what, Ron? They are who we thought they were, the entrepreneur's phone system. With Grasshopper, you can turn your mobile phone into a business phone by getting a local toll-free number or just bringing your own. If you want to see how it works, go to grasshopper.com. You go to Grasshopper, you'd be dapping all night long. Yeah, <laughs> little dab won't do you. Um, as Cam Newton found out, the Talk of Fame Network's also brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, log on to MyCleanPC.com for a what, Ron? Free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software. Love that, that Clean word. out what may be slowing it down. That's MyCleanPC.com. We spent plenty of time here talking about the members of the class of 2016, but there are plenty of others we have not mentioned, like everyone in the pool for next year's class. That would be the class of 2017. And among the front runners for at least the first time finalists, or not finalists, first time uh, candidates, running back Ladanian Tomlinson will be joining the parade. Uh, so we'll pass rusher Jason Taylor. And then we've got safety Brian Dawkins, as well as former teammate Donovan McNabb, another one of those quarterbacks that T.O. really didn't like. Um, <laughs> Goose, I look at this group, I see LT is a leading contender to be first ballot choice. How about you? Without question. You know, LT is the only member of the NFL's top 10 rushing list not currently enshrined in Canton, only because he's never been eligible. Now he is. You know, he ranks fifth all-time in rushing. He won two rushing titles. He was NFL MVP. He was a great receiver with a 100-catch season on his resume. He's the Brett Favre of this class. Ron, you like his chances? I do. I, I don't quite agree with Rick so totally that he's such a slam dunk. I mean, look, he's got numbers. I do. I know he you do. You, you, he wants T.O. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I want LT. You want T.O. Yeah, you want – how come his numbers don't – I want BLT. But, you know, but but look, he's got the numbers. The one thing he's missing, of course, is his championship, But and that seems to trip up a lot of – guys, especially first-time guys in a place where 68% of all the enshrinees played on a championship team. You know, so that's a little problem for him. And I think the president's veteran, James, is a little bit of a problem for him. He's a strong, strong candidate in Miami. He did everything. He blocked. He, he caught the ball. He ran the ball. I think he's 11th all-time. Uh, so, 
Uh, I'm not saying, you know, that uh, LT isn't a, a little bit ahead of him. I just think that uh, it may be closer than you think. Well, as I mentioned there, and you, you mentioned as well, there are plenty of players and coaches who are worthy and they'll be eligible and included are those who didn't make it this year. I mean, Kurt Warner is one of those guys. So I think sure. he'd go uh, towards the head of the class. So is Joe Jacoby. We talked about him. Um, Edger and James, as you mentioned, Edge. Uh, and, of course, Goose's favorite, Spartacus Morton Anderson, the league's career scoring leader. Goose, can't get enough yeah. of those Spartans, can you? Well, Clark, you, if you bring the seven finalists back who were passed over in 2016 and then add Thomason, Taylor, McNabb, and Dawkins' list, that does leave many spots open. You know, I think uh, LT's candidacy, like Ron said, could be hurt a bit by uh, Davis and James. McNabb could be a long shot because Warner's on the list. You know, Taylor should benefit as the edge pass rusher on the list, the only edge pass rusher on this list. This committee loves pass rushers. Kevin Green marks the eighth time in the last nine years. We've enshrined an edge pass rusher. But, but the guy with the best resume in the class, you named him. Morton Anderson continues to wonder why the committee steadfastly rejects kickers. You know, Goose, you raise a good point, too, I, I think, with the running backs. You're, you're right. When you have two, three guys at the same position, they end up, uh, if Terrell Davis makes it again, uh, they could they do end up canceling each other out. You know, certain guys they like one guy better than, uh, and so they're not going to vote for the other two, uh, at least until their guy is out. Then the next guy does the same thing, and next next thing you know, nobody makes it, and yeah. that that could happen. So sort time. of like the uh, Andre Reed, Chris Carter, Lodge, absolutely Amber, like Tim that. Brown. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. like that. Yeah. Hey, hey, Goose, one guy I did mention he was talking about uh, wide receiver. I mean, running backs. I was talking about wide receiver. It's a wide receiver, T.O. Do uh, you think he comes back to the finalists next year? I mean, he didn't make the cut to 10, and, and it seems like there was uh, some pretty harsh comments. There were some pretty harsh comments. Oh, he'll be back. He's a skilled player, and this committee loves offensive skill. I, I don't think his hand has been played out yet. On a franchise woefully short of um, uh, representation, he's been on five of them. I, I think he's, he's a slam dunk. He'll be back, and I think he'll be back for years to come. Actually, if he's going to get in, I think it would be fitting that we should put McNabb in, too, so the two of them have to stand next to each other for eternity. That would be the greatest thing going. All of us would be a riot in there every third night. Well, if you ask me, I think he's got about as much chance as Donovan McNabb, but, of course, you didn't ask me. (laughs) Well, that is the signal that we're running out of time. We're not running out of candidates, but Goose, you're on the clock this week with Ron and I answering your questions. So, Derek, start that clock. Let's get ready for the two-minute drill. Why did it take Kevin Green 12 years to get elected to the Hall of Fame? Because we were waiting for him to get to 170 sacks. (laughs) I just think it was a combination of bad timing and a little concern among some voters about moving around so much for the top-tier pass receiver. Who's the favorite for the Hall's one senior slot in 2017? Ron Borges for his senior moments. <laughs> Wide open field, Goose, as you know, uh, but I hope it's somebody from the 50s, a decade that's been all but ignored. you got Alex Karras and Billy Wilson and uh, a number of other players you could think of. I hope somebody comes out from the 50s. Who's the next coach to get in the Hall of Fame? Don Coriel, Tom Flores, or Jimmy Johnson? Coriel, but only if coaches become contributor candidates. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, I think, but I also think all three of them are longer shots than people can uh, know. Who's the next personnel guru to get in the Hall of Fame? Bobby Beathard, Gil Brandt, or Bucko Kilroy? Bobby Beathard. He was close this year. He'll be closer next. It should be Bucko. He has a better resume than than any of them. He did more, and I would hope the Contributors Committee would recognize that. Only Morton Anderson has a better resume. Who's the next owner to get in the Hall of Fame? Pat Boland, Jerry Jones, Bob Kraft. Jerry Jones. Marketing genius can sell himself. 
I, I would say Bob Kraft seems to me to be next in line, but I wouldn't ever bet against Jerry Jones except in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> he might bet you. <laughs> who's, who's the next wide receiver to get into Canton? Isaac Bruce, Terrell Owens, or Randy Moss? Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> uh, Randy Moss, D.O. has a long road ahead of him, uh, and Bruce and Torrey Holder coming along. They're going to cancel each other out. Who's the next safety to get in the can? Steve Atwater, John Lynch, or Ed Reed? Well, Goose, if history is our guide, that safety hasn't been born yet. <laughs> he stole my line. He peeked over me. Should be Kenny Easley. <laughs> uh, it should be Kenny Easley, but it's probably going to be Ed Reed. How did Ken Stable celebrate his Hall of Fame election from the heavens? With vodka on the rocks. He read about it by the light of a jukebox, and then he threw a cocktail napkin deep. <laughs> Speaking of the Raiders, they have 11 players from the 70s in the Hall of Fame. Will Cliff Branch ever make it an even dozen? He will if Ron's presenting him. <laughs> He's deserving, but I doubt it. He is now in the senior abyss. <laughs> the Broncos have now been to eight Super Bowls and won three of them, yet they only have four busts in Canada. What gives? What happens in Denver stays in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> what gives is they lost the first four, which seems to have eliminated the memory of guys like Carl Mecklenburg and Louis Wright. Speaking of Denver, who's the next Bronco in Shrine in Canton? Steve Atwater, Terrell Davis, or Peyton Manning? Terrell Davis. Manning won't retire until 2025 or <laughs> until Papa John tells him to. Manning's a Colt, Atwater's a safety, and Davis is a short-termer. So I'd say Vaughn Miller. <laughs> <laughs> that is the end of our first hour, but don't go anywhere. When we return, we'll sit down with Ronnie Lott, talk Super Bowl 50, and dissect Manning Newton. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, you've reached Burger King. To leave a message, press 1. Uh, Burger King? Listen, I'm a bit of an idea guy. Uh, like croutons, I thought of that. I got a great idea to make your burgers better. Two words, buttery, sauce. Because that makes everything taste better. You with me? Sounds good. It's almost as good as the new extra-long buttery cheeseburger from Burger King. Two beef patties topped with veggies and a rich buttery sauce on a toasted bun. Now just two for $5. Or mix and match with the extra-long fish sandwich part of the two for $5 deal. The new extra-long buttery cheeseburger. Only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. This is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank hearing pitches from small businesses. Now, there is a new way for small businesses to get a loan in minutes. It's called Cabbage. That's Cabbage with a K. Just fill out the application online. You'll get an instant decision and could have access to a line of credit of up to $100,000. No waiting, no hassle. Cabbage is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and is a Forbes Top 100 company. Go to Cabbage.com, that's Cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E, or call 888-CABBAGE. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's Wix.com. Basketball fans, get your locks on at Luxor Las Vegas. Make a fast break for shows including Fantasy, the Strip's Sexiest Adult Review, Chris Angel Believe from Cirque du Soleil and Carrot Top, or Slam Dunk Rockin' Mexican Flavors from TNT Tacos and Tequila, or Comfort Food and Cocktails at Public House. Save your biggest plays for LAX Nightclub featuring the hottest dance music from resident DJs and live entertainment in a high-energy atmosphere. When the buzzer sounds, recover in our comfortable rooms and suites. Get your locks on at Luxor.com. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. 
Talk of Fame Network's brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis, which you'll never get from a doctor. That's correct. And within minutes, you can download software that will clean out what may be slowing it down. That's MyCleanPC.com. you got a pretty good idea what's slowing down your computer, pal. But, uh, you know. <laughs> that's my brain that's slowing down. We're also brought to you by my, no, MyGrasshopper.com. No, we're not. We're brought to you by <laughs> Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system, the entrepreneur, Ron. With Grasshopper, you can turn your mobile phone into a business phone by getting a local or toll-free number or just bringing your own. If you want to see how it works... Go to grasshopper.com. This is our number two of the Talk of Fame Network. I'm Clark. That's Rick over there. And that's Ron shoveling snow out of his driveway. Oh, many, more. much snow. Snowing yeah. four days in a row this week. Just Take what we're looking for. to San for. Francisco, please. <laughs> this is the Talk of Fame Network, and we spent the first hour of the show addressing what happened last weekend, at least the first half of last weekend. That's the Hall of Fame selection. But how about addressing the second half? And that's Super Bowl 50. That's what we're going to do right here. Denver won, Carolina lost, Cam, Cam Newton sucked. So it's actually, it's easy to address that. We could do the whole segment in one word. Avalanche! <laughs> <laughs> I know, uh, Goose, we talked about this before we left town. Uh, critics said, yeah, this wasn't exactly a great game. Yeah, it was a bad game. It wasn't a Rembrandt. Oh, wait a minute. That was me. <laughs> but I'd like to hear from you guys to hear what you said. I know what you said over breakfast the other day. So, Goose, have at it. Well, people watch a 45-42 game where both quarterbacks threw 300 say what a great game it was. I think you can play a great game with two great defenses. And, and that was the case here. I, I, I really – the rules are all stacked against defense in the NFL. And to have two shutdown defenses with, with the offenses they were going against, I, I thought that was a, a great football game. I love a defensive game. I love defense in all sports, but in particular football, because 11 guys have to act as one. No, I agree. I mean, to me, this is what football was designed to be. It's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a struggle. It's not supposed to be basketball. He shoots, he scores, he shoots, he scores, he shoots, he scores. You know, it's he does supposed what? To, he shoots, he scores. <laughs> you know, it's supposed to be hard to score, and both teams played great defense. Uh, why is it a not good game? Because it's defensive players that are making plays and not the, uh, the offensive players. I mean, uh, I thought it was a terrific game. Look, I, I like defensive games too, Ron, but why is it not a good game? Because Carolina stunk. They couldn't have beaten Tennessee. They, they looked as bad as Cincinnati in the playoffs. Uh, it, listen, it wasn't just the turnovers and the drop passes, uh, missed field goal. It, it was a lack of poise, too. I mean, they did everything wrong. They checked all the boxes, 12 penalties, 102 yards. And, and to me, they did virtually nothing right. I understand, Goose, that, that you know Denver had something to do with it, but... Man, I thought Carolina was horrendous. Denver had everything to do with it. They had never seen a defense uh, this year with that speed and that physicality. The frust they only had two penalties in the first half. The frustration set in from what Denver is to them. They could do nothing against Denver. And I think when you get into a quarterback's head like the Broncos did Tom Brady and, and Cam Newton, the passes are high, they're bouncing, they're wide. He's just trying to throw the ball out of bounds just to get it out of his hands instead of going down. I thought the, the, the reason Carolina played so poorly was because of the Denver defense, not the Carolina offense itself. No, I, I agree. If they had been playing the Tennessees of the world, they would have been the same Panthers they'd been all season. They were what Don Kang used to call messing with my mind. You know, I mean, that, <laughs> what, I mean what that's what happened. They Messing with my mind. <laughs> I mean, you know, they just snapped their brains uh, in half, you know, and they couldn't stand up under the... 
under the heat, messing with my mind. You know, you guys do it every week. My brain's snapping in half listening to you on this. Hey, hey, Goose, there have been plenty plenty of defensive, uh, I don't know, I guess I'd call them gems or great games in Super Bowl history you wrote about. um, This one, and put in historical context in in Monday's uh, Dallas Morning News, just wondering, where do you put this one in terms of great defense, not great games, but great defenses in recent Super Bowl history? I, this game, I put, it's the best one I've seen since 85 Bears. Uh, you can throw the, the Ravens and the Buccaneers and uh, other defenses up there. But the difference is Denver had an offense that wasn't going to score points. They were going to have to win this game on field goals. And, and if you look at it, that offense produced three field goals. Defense scored a touchdown, and they scored on a four-yard drive off a turnover. They were going to try to win a game with nine points. Every play and every possession mattered. They could not let Carolina get in field goal range or uh, in touchdown range. And that's the difference between the Bears blowout, the Buccaneers, but all those defenses, all those great, the Seattle blowout, every possession, every play didn't matter. There was a, a sense of anxiety every play here because if, if they gave up a long touchdown, that could have been the game. Hey, Goose, question for you in that. I, I'm going to challenge you on the Baltimore, the 2000 Ravens. Baltimore had Trent Dilfer as his quarterback. Denver has a Hall of Famer as its quarterback. Well, Baltimore is going to struggle to score points, too, but they did. They scored a lot of them, and that was a great defensive performance. That's good, but it was a blowout game. <laughs> this game, this game, Cam Newton has the football with four minutes to go with a chance to have a legacy drive and win. That was still a blowout game. It, it was a blowout game because the Ravens didn't let those guys get in. Well, they had 16 possessions. The Giants had 16 possessions. You know what I thought Every they ended? Play Either with punts matter. or interceptions. Every, Every play. series. Every play didn't matter. What was the final score? Uh, 34 to 7. Well, okay, thank you very much. But they, it was, I, I think they got a touchdown off a kickoff return. Baltimore responded with a kickoff return, and then they just shut them down. Beat them down like, what did Don King say? You messing with my mind. Just like Clark's doing to you right mind. now, Goose. Every <laughs> play mattered. They were, they were trying to win that game with three field goals. Every play mattered. Ron, you know, where do you put this? Well, to me, two list? games come to mind. They both involved the Giants. Uh, um, Gee, the The, the uh, team that stopped the undefeated 07 uh, Patriots, you know, which had, uh, you know, led the league in every offensive category that ever existed, and they shut down Tom Brady. And the other one was the Giants team to beat the, uh, a similar offense, the K-Gun and the Buffalo Bills, you know, where they just said, you know, we're going to keep them off the field, uh, and then when they're on the field, we're going to have to shut them down. And uh, I, I thought both those games were probably the 07 game even more so because it was that was, you know, just the most prolific offense in history at that point in time. Yeah, Clark, and another thing, the way you slammed Peyton Manning all year, Baltimore had a better quarterback in that game in Trent Dilfer. <laughs> Trent Dilfer. Where'd okay, it go? Put it down. Goose is messing it. with your mind. Put it down. Put that down. Goose says that Trent Dilfer is a better quarterback than Peyton Manning. <laughs> I'm not sure that's exactly what he said. <laughs> well, that's the way it sounded. Hey, listen, I, speaking about Peyton Manning, I'd mention Super Bowl 48 too. I mean, yeah. not only because Seattle, you just ream-steamed and dry-cleaned the, the league's MVP. Who would that be? Peyton Manning. But it dead-bolted the door to the NFL's highest-scoring offense in history. Yeah, the Final score, Seattle 43, Denver 8. And, and Seattle had four takeaways and, and more points by its defense, nine, than Denver did, period. Did every play matter in that game? Not after the first one, Goose, because the center Thank snapped it over much. the— cause <laughs> you know, And you know why he did that, Goose? They were messing with messing his mind. With mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, that was a similar performance. There's no question about it. I mean, they, they both these defenses tore apart 
what was allegedly the best quarterback in the in the league. Uh, and I, the irony to me, guys, is I didn't hear anyone say after that game that it was boring and that it stunk. And why not? Because Seattle had already had a coronation all week long. Everyone was talking about them as the team that was going to win the game. This time, you know, all the geniuses were saying, uh, with the exception of two members of our show, uh, one of whom was not Clark, uh, loved Carolina, you know. And so I think that, you know, they flipped the switch, uh, flipped the script, rather, and people didn't like it. Yeah, I, I picked New England to win this game. Um, <laughs> what I will say is remarkable uh, about this game is, is not only Goose, the winning team, was one for 14 on third downs. I haven't heard that in a long time. Had under 200 yards in offense. But both teams were combined 0 for 12 Amazing. on third downs in the second. 0 for 12. And I guess what I'm wondering is, I, I don't know, going back sort of the original question about bad game, good game, if that says more about the defenses than the offenses. Stop it, Clark. It says everything about the, the defense. Carolina, I'll tell you, if, if you could have written the whole game story on the great defensive game they played. I mean, they had, they had the five sacks. They had two takeaways. Denver had 11 first downs, under 120 yards rushing, and that was the winning team. I, two, team two great, great defenses. Carolina came in, was a top takeaway defense in football. Denver came in as a sock, top sack defense in football. You saw two great defensive efforts. One team had to lose. Hey, hey Ronnie, how yes. are you going to remember this one? I mean, for what Cam Newton did afterwards or for what he didn't do during the game? Uh, I, I think I'm going to remember it for a couple other reasons for what Denver did do and, and Peyton Manning riding into the sunset with a second ring, albeit on somebody else's back. You know, the rest of it I'll try to forget as, as best I can. Hey, let's, let's hope so. That, Goose, <laughs> how are you going to remember this game? Defense gave Peyton Manning his second ring. You know, I wrote that last week. But my prediction was Peyton Manning would have a finished Cinderella season and it'd be gift-wrapped by his defense. And that's and, terrific defensive performance and a good guy, Peyton Manning, goes out on top. And, and quick, Goose, I know he said he, he'll make a decision in the coming weeks, but there's only one decision for Peyton Manning, right? He leaves. Without question. He'll do okay. what Elway did, leave on top. Okay. Well, we mentioned Cam Newton earlier. We're going to address him and Peyton Manning, who should ride off into the sunset, when we return after this. You're listening to Rick, Ron, and Clark, and we're the Talk, Talk of, of Fame, Fame Network. Guys. We'll be back with you after this. <laughs> Remember when a small business needed a landline? Today, landlines are a thing of the past with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. On the road, at the beach, or at home, Grasshopper helps you grow your business. Get all the features of a business phone system and the freedom of a cell phone with our iPhone and Android apps. Features include multiple extensions for your team, calls forwarded to your mobile phones, voicemails transcribed and emailed, and so much more. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. QL1, does Rocket Mortgage require me to fill out a bunch of paperwork? Negative control. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans is the first on-demand mortgage machine that quickly imports your financial data. You can go through the entire mortgage approval process in minutes. That is fast, like rocket fast. It also works on any internet-ready device, so you can get a Rocket Mortgage at any time or place you choose. Over. Three, two, one. Rocket Mortgage at QuickenLoans.com. Push button, get mortgage. Rocket. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS consumer access. Org number 3030. Hi, you've reached Burger King. To leave a message, press 1. Uh, Burger King? Listen, I'm a bit of an idea guy. Uh, like croutons, I thought of that. I got a great idea to make your burgers better. Two words, buttery, sauce. Because that makes everything taste better. You with me? Sounds good. It's almost as good as the new extra-long buttery cheeseburger from Burger King. Two beef patties topped with veggies and a rich buttery sauce on a toasted bun. Now just two for $5. Or mix and match with the extra-long fish sandwich part of the two for $5 deal. The new extra-long buttery cheeseburger. Only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. 
Hi, Tom Bodette, trying to understand this whole dating app thing. You're supposed to swipe right for the profiles you're into and left for the ones you're not. So if I'm attracted to a clean, comfortable room for the lowest price of any national chain at Motel 6, I'd swipe right, right? Or was it left? Wait, I just sent myself a picture of myself. 6-3? Yeah, right. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Hi, I'm Bruce Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green. Like you, I'm a big sports enthusiast, and I want my gear to shine like new. That's why it's clean with Simple Green, the concentrated cleaner that's perfect for making your auto, RV, cycling, boating, and other sporting equipment look like new again. Try it today. If you're not 100% satisfied, I'll give you your money back. Visit us at simplegreen.com. Simple Green, Simple Green. War, poverty, and disaster have left millions of children around the world orphaned, abandoned, alone. When their parents can't be there, SOS Children's Villages is there. SOS Children's Villages is the world's largest nonprofit for orphaned and abandoned children. In 134 countries, including the U.S., SOS Children's Villages provides vulnerable children with a loving and stable family, medical care, and an education. To make a difference in the life of a child, go to SOS-USA.org. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network. Talk of Fame Network's brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, log on to MyCleanPC.com for... A free diagnosis. Goose loves that. With the emphasis on free. And within minutes, you can download software that's going to clean out what may be slowing it down. That's MyCleanPC.com. Ron, we're also brought to you by who? Grasshopper. The entrepreneur's phone system. And who's a, more of an entrepreneur than you? Well, maybe the goose man, Dr. Data. With Grasshopper, you can turn your mobile phone into a business phone. I think Goose is doing that as we speak. But you can do it by getting a local or toll-free number, or you can just bring your own. You want to see how it works? Go to grasshopper.com. Super Bowl 50 may be over, but the fallout from it isn't. Peyton Manning rode into his sunset. Winning his second Super Bowl, as we know, but I'm um, not saying what he'll do next. And I know we all think we know what he'll do next because there's <laughs> one decision, guys. I mean, there really just seems to me to be sort of a better chance of the Bengals winning a playoff game next season. <laughs> Peyton returning, right? Goose, is, am I right or am I right? Yeah, I'll tell you, there were times in that Super Bowl it was painful to watch him throwing the ball. I mean, there was no zip on the passes. And I think he'll talk to two people, John Elway and his dad, and both of them tell him it's time to go. Goose, do you think he needs to talk to anyone at this point? Doesn't he really know? No, no. And I, I don't think the, the, the post-game stage was the, the proper um, podium for that announcement. I think they'll, they'll take it back to Denver and do it there. You know, I agree with both of you guys, but, you know, you got the golden parachute for sure in that last game. But with these guys, you never quite know. You know, three, four, five, six weeks go by. They start feeling physically better. They start thinking – Hey, you know, this time will be different. You know, I'm not going to get hurt this time. I mean, you know, I'm going to be fit. I'm going to be ready to go. I'm going to be me. Now, that isn't going to happen, and hopefully Manning will realize it, but that's always the wild card in these things. They start feeling better, and they start saying, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, no, that's right. Uh, you, you, Goose, you know what I like about this? Um, to me, it's a perfect situation. It's sort of like Elway after the 1998 season. You know, you don't have much left, and you're right. I mean, you and I were talking a half time about, geez, are they going to lift him? I mean, is Osweiler going to be seen in yeah. the second half? But you just won a Super Bowl. Your legacy is intact, and 
instead of those nine touchdowns and 17 interceptions that we remember, instead, we remember Peyton Manning taking a victory lap. I mean, so there really seems to be, to me, no decision here. It's a, it's a slam dunk, really. Yeah, look at Elway's last game. He over three over 300 yards, and people forget that he was injured that season, didn't right. have the greatest of seasons. But what they remember is John Elway holding the, the Lombardi Trophy in his final game of his career, and that's what people remember about Peyton Manning. He, I, I think... If you watch him throw that those passes, there was no zip of the ball. I think he knows. No, and I I don't disagree with either one of you. I I just think he these guys fool themselves a lot of times, and he could look at that last pass he threw, which was a real Peyton Manning yeah. pass, and say, "Do you see that? That's who I am. I'm you know that's me. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, to a guy from San Jose State, that was terrific. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I just think it's far easier for the rest of us to talk about somebody retiring and and the time is right. Uh, you know, how many singers have we seen hanging around when they couldn't carry a tune in a shopping bag anymore? You know, how, just, many, right, right, how many columnists? How many columnists? Yeah, how many columnists, right? right? Probably uh, <laughs> at least one of the three of us. You know, it's just difficult, I think, to dedicate your life to something and then just cold turkey walk away from it, even though you know the time is right. Uh, I mean, I hope he does it. You guys are right. It's the right thing to do. But the decision in the end is going to be, you know, can he live without it or not? I mean, the guy, I, I, yeah, I'm sure you guys saw it after the game. His father de- already declared that, look, even if he comes back, it's not going to be in Denver, which to me the right. message was a sort of another message to his son. You really want to chase this game or over to some other town and new players and new coaches and new systems, and what are you doing? Goose, what's his legacy going to be? One of the greatest quarterbacks ever to play the game. I mean, the numbers he put up were spectacular. He won two Super Bowls. He did a lot of winning, did a lot of great things. First Bell and Hall of Famer. Ron, I know you said on the show earlier that uh, – he, he, you thought he had to win another Super Bowl, be regarded as something other than the Harold Stass in the NFL of people <laughs> don't remember Harold Stass and Susan Lucci of the NFL. Uh, how, do you, how do you see him now that he's won that second Super Bowl? Uh, you know, I actually wrote a column about him this past week, and look, his, his legacy was already in place for everybody else. If you loved him, it didn't matter if he won or not. If you didn't love him, uh, then it didn't matter. Uh, that wasn't going to change your opinion of what happened on Sunday. You know, he was a passenger this season on the Bronco bus for the most part. And I think his legacy is, is one of the game's greatest passes, and I think also a guy whose teams asked too much of him, much of his career. To me, in my mind, when you say who was Peyton Manning, I say he was the Will Chamberlain of pro football. Great player, two championship rings, uh, but he seldom had enough help. Okay, well, now let's move on to quarterback number two. And we have a very different story here. And, uh, Derek, if you can cue it up, uh, this is what he had to say this week about what he didn't have to say on Sunday after the game. Obviously, I had a lot of time to think about it, and I've, 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 I've seen so much, you know, blown out of proportion. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, when you invest so much time, when you sacrifice so much, and things don't go as planned, I think, I think emotions take over. I think that's what happens. And as far as trying to be like this person, trying to be like that person, I heard numerous you know, quotes about, you know, what if this person was in that situation? How would he have handled it? Well, we've seen this person do that, how he would have handled it. But the truth of the matter is I'm not trying to be this person, nor am I trying to be that person. You know, I've said it since day one. I am who I am. I know where I'm capable of. I know what I'm capable of, and I know where I'm going. And I don't have to conform to anybody else's, um, you know, wants for me to do. You know, I'm not that guy. You know, if you want me to be this type of person, I'm not that, and I'm happy to say that. Uh, this league is, is a great league with or without me. I understand that. And uh, I am my own person. Uh, I take pride in that. And it's um, pretty much how I feel. That, of course, was Cam Newton. Uh, and he was who he was, as he said. He was the toast of the league this season. Until, of course, he wasn't on Sunday. Um, but man, Until he was Goose, just toast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Goose, 
I mean, he, he dropped like a meteor after that game. I mean, not only with the, the bailout of that fourth quarter fumble, which I thought was pretty bad, but yeah. he, he just compounded it with his behavior afterwards. Um, is, is there any way that you cut this guy slack? No, he acted like he was the first player ever to lose the Super Bowl. Yeah. Jim Kelly stood up there four times as a losing quarterback in a Super Bowl, and each Super Bowl got worse. And he stood up there and he took it. Peyton Manning stood up there for two Super Bowls and took it. Russell Wilson, a year ago, stood up there, made the, the worst pass of, of his life and took it and answered the questions. And I think it's easy to stand up there and smile for 17 weeks when you win. But those two times you lose, you got to be a stand-up guy, and he wasn't. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I ran into a PR director, a former PR director afterwards, and I asked him, how would you have handled this? And the first thing he said is he would have warned Cam about what he was about to do because he was going in front of an international audience. He said, you're going to have hundreds of millions of people really listening to you, and there are a lot of people out there who really don't like you, and, and you're going to just go right into what they expect to hear from you. But he said the second thing is he would have re recommended that he apologize as quickly as he could once it was apparent he become the story, like acting like a five-year-old. But as a parent, you know, Cam wasn't going to do that. He wasn't going to apologize, and he didn't. Right, and even with 24 hours to think about it, he chose not to not to apologize for it. You know, one of the things that struck me about his comments was, you know, uh, you know, I, I, you can't ask me to be like this guy. You can't ask me to be like that guy. And I agree with that. We're just asking to act like an adult. Right. That's all. Right. You know, right. I mean, the the message to me that I took out of the way he handled it was, nothing's more important than me, and nothing's more important than the things that happened to me. Uh, if I was Josh Norman or Keekley, I would have walked over to him and I would have said, hey, man, what are you sulking about? We should be sulking about the way you played. You stunk. But they didn't. You know, they, I mean, Norman was a basket case on the bench at the end of the game, weeping. And I mean, yeah. his emotions were so obvious. And yet he came out, he answered questions. He gave props to Peyton Manning. You know, I mean, uh, you don't have to act like that. Keekley, 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 a, lot of, a lot of them handle it well. Yeah. Right. Hey, Goose, you know, quickly now, the first rule of thumb in PR, it's always to get ahead of the story. They didn't do it. Uh, he's going to be, and this is going to be a lasting memory, but he's going to be the lasting story until next season. It's a problem. I think at some point he's got to come out and, and retract and say, you know, something. I, I, I'm, I'm still emotional about it, and I, I should have handled it better. Well, I'm going to say something right here. I'm going to say we've got to go to commercial. When we return, we're going to sit down with Hall of Fame safety, Ronnie Lott. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC.com. If your computer runs slowly and whose computer doesn't, just go to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software to cure what may be ailing your PC. That's MyCleanPC.com. This is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank hearing pitches from small businesses. Now there is a new way for small businesses to get a loan in minutes. It's called Cabbage. That's Cabbage with a K. Just fill out the application online. You'll get an instant decision and could have access to a line of credit of up to $100,000. No waiting, no hassle. Cabbage is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and is a Forbes Top 100 company. Go to Cabbage.com, that's Cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E, or call 888-CABBAGE. Hey, you woke up today. Big win. Time for a reward. Right now at Burger King, get two hot and flaky croissant breakfast sandwiches for just $4. That's two croissant for just $4 at Burger King. Pile tie with crispy bacon, fluffy egg, and melted cheese, and they're two for $4. That's a breakfast deal so good, you may just become a morning person. Get the two for $4 croissant deal today, only at Burger King. Limited time only, price and participation vary. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. 
too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's Wix.com. Basketball fans, get your locks on at Luxor Las Vegas. Make a fast break for shows including Fantasy, the Strip's sexiest adult review, Chris Angel Believe from Cirque du Soleil and Carrot Top, or Slam Dunk Rockin' Mexican flavors from TNT Tacos and Tequila, or Comfort Food and Cocktails at Public House. Save your biggest plays for LAX Nightclub featuring the hottest dance music from resident DJs and live entertainment in a high-energy atmosphere. When the buzzer sounds, recover in our comfortable rooms and suites. Get your locks on at Luxor.com. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Our next guest needs no introduction. Ronnie Lott, not only is a Hall of Fame safety, he's a member of the Hall's 75th anniversary team. He's also a returning guest on the show, and he's here to talk to us about one of the new arrivals to Canton. Ronnie, thanks for joining us. You're quite welcome. Ronnie, your former owner and someone you care deeply about, someone we know a lot about, we had him on the show last week, Eddie DeBartolo Jr., was elected to the Hall of Fame last week on his fourth try as a finalist. So who was happier, Eddie or the guys like you who played for him? Well, I'll be the first one to tell you that if you think about happy and you think about that word, there has been many moments in Eddie DeBartolo's life that he's been happy, happy winning Happy buying the team, you know, at a very young age. Happy winning, uh, you know, a Super Bowl, his first one. Happy winning then his fifth one. But happy right now, you can't describe happy. And the reason why is that it's for life. It's for eternity that he is part of a great community, a great community. And I have the good fortune of being able to go in with Mr. Rooney. And Mr. Rooney, and all the things that he stands for, all the things that they've done for football, all the things that allow them to be champions, the Steelers. And here we are with Mr. DeBarlo, all the same kind of ingredients, all the same type of things. And, yes, he is very, very happy, and we're all very, very happy for him. Ronnie, you know, it's unusual to have uh, so many former players, you know, rally so forcefully around their former boss, owner, however you want to categorize them, um, and you've worked at other places. What do you think it is uh, about the relationship between you guys and, and Eddie D that is so deep and so clearly different than most owner-player relationships? Because he felt like we felt. He understood how we felt. He played like we played. He gave everything he possibly could give to us allowing us to be able to understand that, hey, man, I'm, I'm in it just like you guys. I'm vested in this deal. I'm vested in your families. I'm vested into the people in, the, in, in, in our community. I'm vested into the people in the company. And so when you think about that, he has the same attitude that we've had, and that is, hey, man, at all costs, let's get this thing done. Let's be champions. And to be a champion, as we saw this past weekend, you got to earn it. There is no easy route. Everybody thought, and including myself, said, you know, the Panthers were going to win it. And Denver had a whole different idea, a whole different thought. And John Elway got that group as a collective to buy into it. 
You got everybody, all the administrative people, everybody is saying, man, we have to be a champion. And they bought into it. So it's not just the team. It's the people that do all the stuff, that, that carry the towels, the, you know, the owners. And she said, this was for Pat. There are many times that we said this was for, for Eddie. And the reason we would say it is that he felt the same way that we felt when it came to playing the game of football. Give your best every day. You played for two iconic owners. Uh, one was a good friend of mine, Al Davis, and, of course, Eddie D. Uh, different personalities, uh, different types of guys in some ways. How would you compare the two of them since you worked for both of them? Yeah, the funny thing is that one guy was a coach. He was a coach. He entered into the game, understood the game, learned the game, knows a lot about the game, and will tell you that he was one of those guys that really mastered every aspect of the game. And that's Al Davis. On the other side, you have Eddie DeBarlo, who said, you know what, I'm coming in this game, and by the way, I'm going to do it a little bit different. I'm going to find a great coach, and not only am I going to find a great coach, but I'm going to find a way to enhance everything about the coach. I'm going to find a way to make him feel like he's the best coach ever. And I'm not only going to do it, but I'm going to do that with the players, I'm going to do it with their families. And so all of a sudden, you have two great leaders that came at it from different perspectives that also saw themselves realizing that to win, you have to make sacrifices. Al Davis made incredible sacrifices, picking great players. You had Eddie, on the other hand, making incredible sacrifices, finding Bill Walsh, and then really lifting him up and elevating him to say, look, whatever you need, I'm willing to get you that. And if you need to be able to find those type of players like Jerry Rice, and Joe Montana, and Roger Craig, and the likes of others, man, I'm going to be able to help you get that done. And so to me, I think the combination of the two really had one thought in mind, and that was trying to be the best that they can be. Al was, he was maniacal about being the best that he could be, and Eddie DeBarlow, I think, learned that from Bill Walsh, learned that from just who he is, of saying, i got to be maniacal about the quest of being the best. We're speaking with Hall of Famer Ronnie Lott on the Talk of Fame Network. Ronnie, what's your favorite Eddie story? Maybe an anecdote that people don't know. Well, my favorite Eddie story is the story that doesn't have anything to do, anything to do with football. It has everything to do with my mom and my dad. And the reason that it's my favorite story is that my mom and dad have gone to a lot of sporting events since I was 10 years old. But they have never been to a sporting event when a person says to them, you know what, I want to make sure you're comfortable. I want to make sure that the seat fits right. In, in my neighborhood, you don't get that. You don't, you don't get that type of feeling. You don't get people embracing you. You don't, matter of fact, as we all know, people of color have always had people that have said, no, 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 you can't have this, you can't have that. And yet, Mr. DeBarlo said, no, you're, you're part of our family. Here are things, here are some things that I want to make sure that you know that I appreciate your son. Here are things that I want you to know that when you come to the Super Bowl, this is how you're going to be treated. But when my mom and dad think of Mr. Barlow, I'm, I'm indebted to him because he lifted them up. He made them feel special, and it made them feel special when he didn't even have to. So that's why, that's one of my favorite stories. When somebody does something to your family and they don't have to do it, and yet they do it because that's just who they are, 
that's unbelievable. You know him, Ronnie, as well as um, nearly anybody who worked for him. What do you expect it's going to be like uh, for him when he's up there on uh, on the podium and he's wearing that yellow jacket? Is he going to burst into tears? Is he going to hug everybody in the room? Is he going to do all those? What do you think will happen when the moment really comes? Well, first of all, you know, anytime you put that yellow jacket on, it is dynamic. And the reason it's dynamic, you've got to think of all the people who are able to put that jacket on. So think of Leo Namalini. Think of Hugh McElhaney. Think of Joe to Jeff Perry. You think of those guys, and you think of what they, they didn't have anything. All they had was themselves. They didn't make any money. But, man, they played the game the right way. And so for him, he's got to embrace all the Niners, everybody that's come before him, and he's got to wear it proudly. And, and with that being said, that's a lot. <laughs> you, gotta, you, gotta, you know, so, so as you're sitting there trying to get your words out, you're speaking for all the 49er nation, all the guys that came before him. And, and of course, yeah, man, I, I have a funny feeling, man. He, he's going to shed a lot of tears because it also his dad, who is out you know, with us, is going to be with us. His family who gave him the break, gave him the opportunity, they grew up right there. They're right from Youngstown. So, man, all those elements and all the people that saw him when he was a kid, they get to share in this, and, and to me, man, he's, he's going to be overwhelmed because it's right in his backyard. Ronnie, we've got about 30 seconds, but I'll ask this stupid question. you going to be there in Canton this summer? <laughs> what? I'm in the front row. I'm in the front row, front seat. And by the way, and I know this, Marcus Allen, man, my buddies, all the guys that play for him are going to be in the front row. All these people that know him are going to be in the front row because I'll tell you another great story. Warren Moon and I, it was my second or third year. We're in Vegas. We're going to see a fight. We go and we sit down with Mr. DeBarlow. Mr. DeBarlow sits there and he goes, who's that? I go, that's Warren Moon. He goes, that's Warren Moon? He goes, hey, he throws him $10,000. He goes, hey, Warren. And he goes, hey, man, I just really like the way you play. Hey, Ronnie, thanks for the time, and thanks for the tip. I know who to go to if I need $10,000, either Warren Moon or Eddie DeBartolo. (laughs) Ronnie, we'll see you in Canton this summer. Thanks so much for calling. Thanks a lot, Ronnie. All right. Thanks, guys. That was Hall of Fame safety Ronnie Lott. Coming up next, Ron with his Borges or Bogus segment. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. As an entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Make and receive business calls using our iPhone and Android apps. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Forward your calls to any phone and even get your voicemails transcribed. Join over 250,000 small businesses who stay connected with Grasshopper. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Control, do you like mortgages? Negative, over. Do you like rockets? Affirmative, over. Do you like rocket mortgages? I'm listening, over. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans is the first on-demand mortgage machine that turns the entire mortgage process into a fast, powerful, completely online experience. Copy that, QL1. I'm going to go ahead and push this button in. Three, two, one. Rocket Mortgage at QuickenLoans.com. Push button, get mortgage. Rocket. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS consumer access. Org number 3030. Hi, you've reached Burger King. To leave a message, press 1. Uh, Burger King? Listen, I'm a bit of an idea guy. Uh, like croutons, I thought of that. I got a great idea to make your burgers better. Two words, buttery, sauce. Because that makes everything taste better. 
You with me? Sounds good. It's almost as good as the new extra-long buttery cheeseburger from Burger King. Two beef patties topped with veggies and a rich buttery sauce on a toasted bun. Now just two for five dollars. Or mix and match with the extra-long fish sandwich part of the two for five dollar deal. The new extra-long buttery cheeseburger. Only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. Hi, Tom Bodette. Somewhat in knots over this trendy new hairstyle called a man bun. I mean, what's next? The he-hive? Well, Motel 6 recently got a new updo of sorts, too, with renovations nationwide. And even with our fresh, modern look, you'll still find rooms at the lowest price of any national chain. So you can save up enough money to get yourself a haircut or maybe a hat. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book direct at motel6.com. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. If you want the entrepreneur's phone system, call Grasshopper. Yes, Grasshopper. Because with Grasshopper, you can turn your mobile phone into a business phone by getting a local toll-free number or just bringing your own. If you want to see how it works, go to grasshopper.com. Talk of Fame Networks also brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free, free diagnosis. diagnosis. It'll and run like Usain Bolt. And within minutes, you can download software that will clean out what may be slowing it down. That's MyCleanPC.com. I can tell you someone not to call, guys. That's Seattle running back Marshawn Lynch. He's gone. He said all the weekend, he's retiring. And you know what? I had someone ask me today, honest to God, this is true, if, if Marshawn Lynch would be on the Hall of Fame radar. And I said, eh, you know, maybe. Um, First ballot. That's kind of as far as it goes, yeah, maybe. You know, you look at it, you go, well, he's 36 in career rushing. Um, he never won a rushing title. He was a first-team All-Pro once. And then I saw an article today on a national website saying, you know, well, actually, he should be on the Hall of Fame radar. Uh, who's, I mean, if, if you're going to put him on it, uh, I would put a couple other Seattle backs ahead of him. One would be Sean Alexander, and the other guy would be Ricky Waters. You know, for the longest time, running backs thought the magic number was 10,000 yards. You get 10,000 yards, you're in the Hall of Fame. Well... Thomas Jones, Tiki Barber, Eddie George, Otis Anderson, Rick Williams, they're all at 10,000 yards, and they can't get a sniff. Good luck, Marshawn. No, I agree. I mean, I have to do a little more research to really decide, but right off the top of my head, you know, to me, he's Hall of Very Good, maybe. You know, was he better than Fred Taylor? Was he better than Corey Dillon? Was he better than Waters? Was he better than Alexander? He wasn't better than Waters. No, the answer is he wasn't better than any of those guys. So what are we talking about? That's what we're talking about. Yes, sir. Mr. Borges. This is Ron with a segment of Borges or Bogus. That's right. And this time, Ron, a little dab, as Wade Phillips might say, will undo you. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Look, guys, Cam Newton doesn't get it. uh, But then again, neither do we. He was roundly and rightfully criticized for his graceless post-game behavior following the loss of Super Bowl 50. He acted like both a sore loser and a petulant child. He was my son. The video games would be out of his room, and he'd be in it. Then again, maybe that's part of who he is. We say we want to know the truth about these guys, but that's bogus. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> right. We don't want to know. Uh, we want them to be great competitors and then give us a, uh, uh, a snapshot of themselves that's different from who they really are. Cam Newton played with great courage most of that game. Who but Superman would have known that a fumble football was actually loaded with kryptonite? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he never danced. You know, the Our joy de vie <laughs> was replaced by tight tonsils. The fact of the matter is the moment was too big for him and his team, and it showed. Hey, look, it happens. 
Uh, he revealed who he is at this stage of his career during that game and after it. Uh, but I'll tell you guys a story. Uh, years ago, Al Bumbry, the great center fielder of the Orioles, made a, a, a terrible play, uh, made an error, which he seldom did, cost him a game in the World Series, and he was hiding in the trainer's room. Or Weaver came in and said to him, B, we had a lot of respect for He said, B, I'm giving you five minutes, and then you're going to go out there, you're going to go to your locker, you're going to answer every single one of their questions. And B said, no, he wasn't. And Earl looked at him and said, B, you're not hearing me. I'm going to give you five minutes. You're going to your locker, and you're going to answer every one of those questions. And tomorrow, they're going to write that you're the greatest stand-up guy since Jesus Christ. That's what's going to happen. And, in fact, that is what happened. And I think Newton needed somebody who he respected, you know, to tell him that. Unfortunately, he didn't have that. But what you got was what we heard earlier in the show. Raw and unedited Cam Newton. This is, you know, this, this is who he is. Uh, you wanted to be the smiling guy handing footballs he doesn't have to pay for to kids in the stands? Great. But he's more than that. He's also the guy who doesn't die for a loose ball in a six-point game because it's been a long day, and he says his leg was in the wrong position. Well, what would he say if one of his receivers told him, didn't catch that pass, bro, wasn't in a safe position? Cam Newton did the world a favor Sunday. He showed you another part of who he is, a little arrogant, a little childish, and very entitled. Did he feel worse than Luke Keekley or Josh Norman, who handled the whole thing with dignity after playing a lot better than he had? No, he did not. So you got to see how it really was, America. How would you like it? Bogus. I didn't like it. Um, quick question for you, Ronnie. What's going to be remembered more about Cam Newton in the offseason? That fumble he didn't jump on or his behavior after the game? That's a good question. I'm not sure. I think that you're going to see a lot of that, that fumble, even though it was just a momentary break time in a brave performance. That is the two-minute warning, and we're going to go straight to Rick Goslin with the questions. And, Derek, you're on the clock, so, Goose, get it started. What did you enjoy more at the Super Bowl, cold play at halftime or the cold play of the Panthers for 60 minutes? Let's see. I couldn't hear a cold play in the press box, so um, cold play. <laughs> Coldness of Cam Newton during the game and after the game. Should everyone on Denver's schedule be drafting blockers this April? Only if you don't want your quarterback to look like a tortilla. <laughs> they should draft him the way Noah did for the Ark, Goose, two by two. <laughs> I have Peyton Manning number seven on my all-time quarterback list. Where do you guys have him? That sounds about right, or about three spots behind uh, Dom Terrific. I have him eighth just ahead of Dan Marino, two peas in a pod. Which Bronco era parent do you like better, Brian Greasy in 2000 or Brock Osweiler in 2016, 2017? Uh, Osweiler. Because he's not Brian or Bob Greasy. Osweiler, because we already saw Greasy. Does Cam Newton repeat his MVP season in 2016? Nope. He becomes Kent Newton. <laughs> he does not, nor does he win the Mr. Congeniality Award. <laughs> we still have free agency in a draft in front of us, but who's your early Super Bowl pick? That would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. If it weren't for a fumble by, what, a four-stream running back? Anyway, the Steelers, not Denver, might be lifting the Lombardi Trophy. The Bengals. They won't make it, but it gives us all season to talk about how they're messing with our minds. <laughs> now that Marshawn Lynch has retired, what's the next chapter of his life? Uh, PR consultant for Cam Newton. <laughs> Disappearance mode, bro. Reggie Bush says he still wants to play in the NFL. Should the NFL still want a former Heisman Trophy winner? Nah, it should want his Heisman because he doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. If you need a third down back, I think he's useful. If you need every down uh, back, you should move on. Who's tougher on LaShawn McCoy, the New England defense or the Philadelphia police? 
Chip Kelly. Donald Lee was tougher on the cops than they were on him, so I'd say New England's defense. The 2017 Super Bowl is in Houston. What are you most looking forward to in the great state of Texas? Flying home. <laughs> That's good. Ribs in the rodeo. Are you glad the football season is finally over? As football season, Goose is never over. It's not over, Goose. Come on, man. Combine, baby. I'm attending my 24th consecutive NFL Combine this month. How should I celebrate that milestone? By not going to your 25th. This is easy, Goose. For historical purposes, you stay in room 606 at the Canterbury Hotel, once occupied by the great Mike Tyson before they took him away in handcuffs. We'd like to thank all the famers, Tony Dungeon, and Ronnie Lott for joining us, Pete Doherty for enlightening us, Derek Burns for producing us. Welcome back, Derek, and you for listening to us. If you want to listen to this or any podcast, just go to our website. That'd be talkoffamenetwork.com or find us on iTunes or dial us up on your podcast app and type in Talk of Fame Network. It's really easy. Otherwise, look for us on this station at this time next week. We'll see you then. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's Wix.com. This is Lori Grenier. You've seen me on Shark Tank hearing pitches from small businesses. Now there is a new way for small businesses to get a loan in minutes. It's called Cabbage. That's Cabbage with a K. Just fill out the application online. You'll get an instant decision and could have access to a line of credit of up to $100,000. No waiting, no hassle. Cabbage is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and is a Forbes Top 100 company. Go to Cabbage.com. That's Cabbage with a K. K-A-B-B-A-G-E. Or call 888-CABBAGE. Hey, you woke up today. Big win. Time for a reward. Right now at Burger King, get two hot and flaky croissantwich breakfast sandwiches for just $4. That's two croissantwich for just $4 at Burger King. Piled high with crispy bacon, fluffy egg, and melted cheese. And they're two for $4. That's a breakfast deal so good, you may just become a morning person. Get the two for $4 croissantwich deal today, only at Burger King. Limited time only, price and participation vary. Basketball fans, get your locks on at Luxor Las Vegas. Make a fast break for shows including Fantasy, the Strip's Sexiest Adult Review, Chris Angel Believe from Cirque du Soleil and Carrot Top, or Slam Dunk Rockin' Mexican Flavors from TNT Tacos and Tequila, or Comfort Food and Cocktails at Public House. Save your biggest plays for LAX Nightclub featuring the hottest dance music from resident DJs and live entertainment in a high-energy atmosphere. When the buzzer sounds, recover in our comfortable rooms and suites. Get your locks on at Luxor.com.